It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with certified financial planners Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners here at Corhorn Financial Group. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. With interest rates at record lows, it's never been more difficult for retirees to generate income from their portfolio than it is right now. So the question is, is the 60-40 mix dead and what alternatives should you consider? That and more coming up on this episode of Wise Money. And later on in the program, we're going to be hitting some questions from fans of the show that landed on our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear from you. You can participate in this show right now, and we'd love to address your question. Uh, you can call or text us, 574-222-2000. at 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. So I'm going to question right there on the right. And like I said, most of the questions we get are through social media so wherever you're at we are there as well just search the wise money show whether that's facebook or twitter or the youtube channel find us there just search the wise money show all right so here we go guys i mean interest rates are at a record low they've never been this low and the fed has come out and basically promised hey we'll keep interest rates low forever and ever and ever and ever forever and ever <laughs> and uh and yet in a surprise announcement Fed chairman, or I like to call him these days, Santa Claus, uh, said, but we're actually going to create inflation. Guys, this is a big problem. It's a big problem. We're going to create inflation, but we promise to keep interest rates low. And for, there, for all of us, that's going to create a big problem. But specifically, for those of you approaching retirement or in retirement, this creates a massive problem. What that means is that your grocery bill is probably going to get more expensive. Um, you're going, you know, your vacations will likely get more expensive as soon as you're safe to go do those again. And the TVs are going to get more expensive. And yet bonds or your income investments are going to continue to pay you absolutely nothing. What do you do? We're going to talk about alternatives to consider. But first, I mean, what are retirees to do? Well, man, you know where my mind goes is um, is pension plans right now, because that's that's where you can see some of the anecdotal evidence of how this really is such a big problem, and it's something worth talking about and something worth educating yourself about. You know, we've we've said many times on the show that there's a clear trend towards pensions going away. You know, if you're listening today, there's a good chance you don't have one, maybe never did, never will, because pensions are are succumbing to two huge factors that are that are going on right now two huge trends one is that people are living longer than ever before longer than maybe was anticipated uh, when these pensions were created and then the second one is that interest rates have been declining this is a 40 plus year trend that's been in the making and they're getting down to such low levels that it's hard for a 
a, uh, a pool of investments to be able to generate the kind of income that retirees need. Yeah. So this is happening at an institutional level, but this needs to matter for you as an individual because the same factors, the same forces are at, at work here. They're creating a headwind for you. I, I feel like I feel like when rates went to zero for the pandemic, when when the Fed did that back in March, and then as as they've sort of promised, we'll keep them at zero for the rest of this year, probably all of next. Harvard professor came out two weeks ago and said he wouldn't be surprised if rates were uh, at zero for the next five years. But now, guys, this just got personal. It just got personal. You guys know there's a we, we offer a five-factor retirement plan. That's the right approach for you to figure out what you need to be doing to get on track for retirement and, and whether you're doing the right stuff. It's a five-factor retirement plan. And usually we talk about the nice, fun ones, the ones that you have a lot of control over. And that's what age you're going to retire, how much will you spend in retirement. That includes health insurance. It includes vacations and inflation, all that sort of stuff, what your income sources will be in retirement. So how do you draw Social Security? If you do have a pension, that's one of the biggest decisions you'll make in your life, how you draw it. And then what your nest egg is, how much investment you have built up and how much you're saving. So those are the first four. And the fifth one, really, we don't talk about much. And the fifth fifth one is risk and return. How much risk are you willing to take in your investments? And therefore, what return should you expect? And then we you know, stress test that return button. But uh, most people just assume, hey, as I get close to retirement, I take less risk. And, uh, and, and way back, you know, way back, way back, used to just live on interest. But now it's 50-50 eh, or 60-40. Well, your 40%, your bond portion used to deliver five or so percent a year. And now it's going to deliver one. That impacts you. Yeah, I you know it's interesting. I was thinking back as Josh was talking about how pension funds were are impacted, and and most folks today don't know anything about a pension fund. You only know about pension funds if you're listening to folks that are either already retired or have been in the workforce for thirty years. Mm-hmm. And these pension funds that are that are in existence today, and a number of them are underwater and really struggling because of the capital markets assumptions built into them. Um, things are so different today. But if you look at the world today versus thirty years ago, um, the the personal computer wasn't sitting on everyone's desk or even in everyone's pocket, hmm. and so the 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 world as it exists today and capital markets as they exist today are so radically different, and that's what we've seen. Now we've seen that locally. We've seen a number of organizations that had pension funds that have said, "Hey, listen, um, this is not sustainable. So here's what we're going to do: take this amount of money." which is um, equivalent to the promise that we'd made to you, and now you do it. Because we can't. Yeah. yeah. So, but essentially, pensions had the ultimate trade-off. You know, when we look at the five factors for someone, for you, for your retirement, and if the plan doesn't work, we talk about making a trade-off. Well, could you save more? Could you work an extra year or two? Could you spend a little less in retirement? But but you don't have the option that these pension companies had, which is the ultimate trade-off where they just say, no, not my responsibility. Here, you take it. Yeah, I'm checking you, out. You can't do that for your retirement. So when interest rates drop to, I, I heard about 80% of all bonds right now are 
that are being issued are paying less than 2%. That is staggering. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, that was 4%, 5%. So you don't have the option of saying, here, you you deal with it. You've got to figure this out. Well, and you might not be able to do the other part that is is often forced upon these pension plans where they have to throw more money in because if if you have a pool of investments that's meant to generate income for you and it's not earning the rate of return that everyone believed it would then you have to get the pool bigger you got to earn less on a bigger pool in order to to meet those income demands well the same is true in your life as well and if if there's a major portion of your portfolio that may not be able may not be capable of earning what it once did, then something has to change uh, in your assumptions for retirement. And for some of you, it, it may be, if you're young enough, you may be able to save more or save longer, and that's how you'll be able to close the gap um, You know, that's created by these investments that aren't doing what they once did. Or just consider consuming less. I mean, these are the trade-offs. These, yeah. This is why we like to talk about the five factors of retirement, because really it's your choice. What is what is appealing to you? What would you like to do? I'd like to work longer. I'd like to create a bigger pool that earns less. Um, I'd like to do none of those. <laughs> I'd like things to go back to the way they were maybe in the 80s when I didn't have all these worries. I don't know. Uh, so, but, but, okay, so... There, there are some alternatives to, to obtaining some other income. Now, they're not great, but we're going to talk about them. And I think there's a few that you should consider. So we've got that more coming up here on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. With interest rates being at record lows, does your retirement plan need to be adjusted? Um, and and what adjustments should you make? So we've got that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is right there on podcast, wherever you listen, whether that's Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Just go to your favorite place, search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it, and I'd ask that you do me a favor as well and rate the show and leave a comment. We appreciate that. So we're talking about how interest rates are at record lows. And normally that's, okay, well, should you refinance and you know watch out for CDs and blah, blah, blah. However, this is getting personal because this is rates are so low and are expected to be this low for a long period of time. This is impacting your retirement. So before we talk about some alternatives on how to get some more yield, um, let's just recap again. I mean, these trade-offs, if all of a sudden your 60-40 portfolio or your 50-50 portfolio in retirement, that 50% or that portion in bonds, instead of earning 4 to 5%, is now going to earn 2%, there's, there's going to need to be another trade-off. And so typically the trade-offs, there's three of them, and that is you can save more, but if you're right on the cusp of retirement, you might not have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You can work longer, and believe it or not, even just waiting six months or nine months or a year makes a huge impact. Um, or you can spend less. And spend less is often, in my opinion, that that's one that um, you've got the most control over. The problem is, if Jerome Powell says, we're going to heat up inflation, 
you don't have perfect control over spending less. Yeah, you're right. I mean, inflation historically has been a very real thing, but in recent years, it's been, you know, not not that consequential, you know, maybe not even that noticeable, um, except for in certain pockets of your life. So if inflation does become an issue, you may... Um, you may be forced to spend more money as the years go by just to be able to maintain your same basic uh, living standard. And th- there's one more, though. You know, you mentioned the three big ones, but there's another one that can quietly be happening in your portfolio, and maybe you don't even realize it, that uh, over time, sometimes people begin to take more risk with their investments, and not intentionally. Maybe it's just simply by letting them do their thing, and over time, the, the more aggressive, growth-oriented investments outperform the, the slow, boring ones and get to be a bigger and bigger and bigger portion of the, the portfolio. And you may become um, subject or, or exposed to more volatility, more risk, and not even realize that it's happening. Mm-hmm. Some people will even do this on purpose. They'll, they'll intentionally take more risk because they just... They're unwilling to make those three trade-offs that you were just mentioning. Okay, that's the perfect segue to what's up next. But I got to hit one other thing. And because rates are so low, you thought your decision about Social Security, when to draw, was on ice. Guys, your decision on when to draw Social Security is now significantly more important. When you're looking at retirement income sources... You want income that will last your entire life, so it, it, it handles longevity, that is guaranteed, so you don't have to worry about it showing up, and that has a cost of living, an inflation adjustment. Social Security is the only one that has all three of those. The other options might only give you two, and uh, some of them only give you one. Social Security gives you all three. The problem is, it's at risk of being in, in, in insolvent. Well, that's the that's the problem. People don't trust the guarantee that you were just referring to. Yeah. And um, and we did a whole show about um, kind of an update on the outlook for for Social Security and what's happening there. But uh, I agree completely that your Social Security decision becomes even more important in a low income world or a low interest rate world. So if you're not working with your certified financial planner on how you should draw social security, uh, as Kevin says, run, don't walk to your certified financial planner's office and talk to them about this. And, and then I would also ask you just suspend, don't, don't completely ignore or forget, but just suspend your own preconceived bias as to what's best for you with social security. Most people draw as soon as they possibly can. Yeah. And um, sometimes the right that's the right option. Sometimes it's not. You know, uh, so, so I ran into that bias or that um, presumption uh, just this past week with a, a brand new client. They came in it, totally and completely intending to draw Social Security as early as they can because that's what all their friends have done, right? And the other bias or... Um, conception that they were coming in with was uh, this notion that, yeah, you can live off of just the interest on your portfolio. Mm. And that's a bias that they picked up literally from their parents. I mean, I love a different that I- generation. I love that idea. Wouldn't you do that if you could? The problem is, I mean, that that's why, you know, I, I, you guys like to pick on me, but I, I 60-40 mix is dead, I think. I mean, just, just sticking with plain <laughs> vanilla, it, I think that's gone. 
in the same way, remember, just think about the first people who were like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose I could live off just the interest, but no, I think I need to take more risk. I mean, there was a point at which that shifted. And now that is so unfamiliar. And, and now I think we're at another, I think we're at another shift here, guys. Yeah, so for sure we do like to pick on you, Mike. But Good. Um, <laughs> and, and we do like to disagree. I will agree with you on that. We we would disagree that the the sixty forty <laughs> mix is dead. But I think so. W- when you look at this, it's tempting, and even as we're framing this, it's tempting to think, well, it's an investment solution. Like I I've got an investment problem. I've got an investment solution. It's not. It's really a financial planning problem. So if you because you might be listening right now saying, well, wait a minute, I'm not doing. I, I'm not anywhere near retirement. What should I be doing about a low interest rate environment? Well, there are a couple things that you should be doing right now. I can think of of uh, two easy ones and then uh, another one to maybe consider. But for sure, you should be cashing in on low interest rates. If you Because low interest rates are great for people who are borrowing money. They're not so great for people who want to lend money. That's what a bond is, in essence. I'm lending money, and uh, the market is saying the bond market is saying, "Well, look, we're not really going to reward you for lending money. Lend money to the federal government for ten years, and we'll pay you seventy-five basis points or three quarters of one percent." Well, that's not that you can't really do much with that. That doesn't that does not uh, outstrip the the impact of inflation. So when you look at that, you say, well, what kind of debts do you have and how would you change those out um, for lower interest rates? So if you've got a 4.5% mortgage, and we certainly we've seen lots of these um, since the beginning of the year, refinance that. Maybe you have a 4.5% 30-year mortgage. Maybe refinance that for a, a 15-year at 2.5%. Yeah. And I love that your mind is going to financial planning solutions to an investment, a seemingly investment-related uh, problem, right? Mm-hmm. And and taking advantage of that same situation that seems uh, like it's creating a difficulty or a, a headwind, um, to, you, you can turn that around into a tailwind if you if you do these types of strategies. Sure. And then and so that's one of the things that I would think about doing. I, I would and in the other uh, creative thing is some people have debt uh, in one area of their lives and no debt in another. And it might make sense to trade out debt in in an expensive area for debt in an inexpensive area. And like can, what? Well, for instance, if my student loans are at seven percent and I my house is paid off. I I might refinance my house at two and a half percent and pay off my seven percent student loan debt, and then all student loans will be forgiven right after you do that. <laughs> you can almost guarantee it's like buying a snow shovel. <laughs> We're actually talking about student loans next week, so a lot more to come as well as what alternatives do you have for bonds? So that and more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The 60-40 mix is dead. You heard it here first. The, uh, the the old allocation between, hey, put this much in stocks, put this much in bonds, and your, your retirement's on ice. That's done, guys. 
I'm telling you, Josh and Kevin it's, are shaking their right head. It's all right to be wrong, Mike. <laughs> this is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFC studios, I got a couple guys with me. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn. Listen, every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, and and follow us there. Uh, so like this show and sign up for notifications. You get this episode and then every single business day you get a next wise step nugget, what you need to be doing in your finances with what's going on in the world. So right now we are talking about what in the world do you do if interest rates are so low? And we're talking about some financial planning situations, but then also some alternatives to bonds and income investments. So guys, real quick, what are some other Well, yeah, I mean, it's tempting to, to look at um, this low interest rate environment and think, okay, I've got to come up with a more creative way to structure my investments. But sometimes um, a financial planning solution can be found in another part of your life. And, um, you know, one of the things that popped into my head as Kevin was sharing in the last segment is, um, if it's possible uh, that, and likely maybe, that interest rates are going to remain low for a while and that it's going to be harder to generate income out of your portfolio, one thing you could do to better prepare yourself for the future is to make sure that the, the assets that you're investing for the future are at least tax-free, more of them tax-free. This is um, this gets into tax planning and deciding whether or not it makes sense to keep piling money into your traditional 401k or should it be in a Roth IRA so that at least as you're drawing out of out of these accounts, at least it's tax free. Right? Yeah. Remember when I that is that, <laughs> I, I agree with you. Get that tax free growth and build up everywhere except your 401k. I'm just kidding. They love to pick on me. I love the Roth 401k. I love it. Okay, so I I actually that I hate it when I interrupt myself, but that preempts what I was thinking about because yesterday as I sat with some some clients who are newer to our firm and we showed them the analysis that we'd done of their retirement plan and we showed her and she's 59, but we showed her, "Hey, you can retire. Hubby's already retired. You can retire." She teared up. And she actually ha- was having a hard time um, believing it. And where what my mind went to, and I know not everyone likes to hear this. This is this is someone who said, you know what? I'm I need to be done working where I'm working. I don't need to be done working. So you want to talk about a pretty sweet inflation hedge? Um, yeah. Keep keep some sort of ongoing income. Yeah, that's and, great. And I I can't tell you how many. Clients, I, somehow I seem to attract clients that say, hey, in retirement, I want to stock shelves. I, I have some folks that I work with that during the pandemic, uh, their children were doing shipped. And so they started doing shipped and they're hooked. I love it. They're That's hooked. awesome. And, and <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, so there are all kinds of different interesting revenue streams that you could have. That's another way of, of dealing with an inflation. The other thing that I would say, again, if you say interest rates are the problem, therefore I need an interest rate solution, I, I would say no, you need a financial planning solution. But you might want to look online for an online money market to solve an, one of your interest rate problems if you are keeping a good chunk of reserves in the bank. Mm. Okay, so uh-huh. if you're just throwing money in bonds, 
So you've got 40 or 50% of your dollars are in bonds and they're bond funds. Um, that interest rate's going to be going down and the, the, the high appreciation that you've enjoyed over the past decade, it might be coming to an end. What are some alternatives? I personally, I personally think the first solution is a dynamic type of strategy where you can survey the bond and income landscape to say, all right, this is working and then have a mechanism to pivot if that stops working. Yeah. Just this morning, actually, uh, it's funny that you you make that comment. I, I was reading a, an investment book and I stumbled upon an analogy that I I never heard before. And um, t- tell me if this is how you think of investing. Some people think of investing the same way that you would watch a football game, American football, where you know each team obviously gets four downs to try to advance the ball down the field, get a first down, and keep on going. But if you get stopped, what happens? Punt. Yep, you punt. But but there's a switch, right? There there's a, a, a someone blows the whistle. The defense um, goes out on the field. The offense comes off the field. There's a complete reversal, right? Some people think, oh, that's how I'm going to handle my investments. I'm just going to jump into the game on offense at times, and then there's going to be a clear moment where I've got to switch to defense. And often people, people make the mistake of jumping in and out or changing from offense to defense too too frequently because they misjudge. And the, the analogy was that um, many people should be taking an approach more like soccer, where you have your same team out on the field at all times, and they played offense and defense. And the, the game is going back and forth, and there's not a moment where you just stop and change strategies. And and what we're referring to, like when I think of soccer, playing soccer, that is a traditional approach to investing where you um, buy the right mix of investments and you hold it through the ups and the downs. It's providing both offense and defense. But what you're describing, Mike, is more of the American football idea, the idea that you go on offense sometimes and there is a, a, a moment where you reverse and go to defense. And maybe that is an approach that needs to be built into your portfolio. It's a change in strategy on how you're approaching the investments. But you need to have a whistle. You need to have a whistle, right? There's, <laughs> there you go. So I- imagine that rever- that that a-, a offense come off the field, defense come on the field. If there was no one signal signaling that right. and saying, "Hey, it's time to switch," right? Um, that'd be an absolute disaster. And most people can't. Most people think, "Well, I've got the whistle because I've got the crystal ball," and it's it doesn't exist. Um, there's no perfect strategy out there. We use a momentum strategy though. And one that is surveying the income landscape, bond landscape, it's also doing, we've got stock and growth portfolios that do the same thing. And it's not perfect. However, it it is extremely um, consistent at finding the, the right areas, the best areas that are doing well in income and then being able to pivot when it needs to. Right. Right. So, and, and it's our philosophy as a firm that when it comes to investing, one of these approaches is not great and the other one's terrible. They both have merit. Right. And so, you know, Mike uh, kind of half joking, saying, oh, 60 40 is dead. A traditional approach to investing is not dead, it is still 
important to have that be a core of your your portfolio, but it shouldn't be the only approach. Don't just play soccer. Don't just play football. Maybe you need to have both built into your portfolio. Yeah. A few other ideas I really like. Uh, you know what? You got to work with your certified financial planner. Should you, you be using preferred stocks? Should you go up the risk scale and go dividend, uh, high dividend stocks? Is rental real estate right for you? My goodness, I love that idea. Not at these prices, though. I mean, the real estate is going gangbusters. But rental real estate, should you have a fixed annuity? I hate saying that word because those are often oversold and they're very inflexible, blah, blah, blah. All sorts of reasons to hate those. But you got to work with your fiduciary. You've got to work with your certified financial planner to say, hey, first of all, what are what's the financial planning implication here? And what financial planning adjustments do I need to make? And then how should I structure my investments? My goodness, we love this stuff. I, I hope I hope that helps you navigate this new reality. All right, we've got questions from fans of the show. That and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thanks for being with us. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG Studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. We're about to take some questions from fans of the show. We'd love for you to engage in this program. You can do so and submit your questions a few different ways. You can always call and text 574-222-2000. But most folks love to leave the questions on social media. So wherever you're at, we are there as well. Facebook and YouTube, Twitter, all that sort of stuff. And then uh, you can also catch us online at thewisemoneyshow.com. Okay, before we get into questions, we're just wrapping up this idea that interest rates are low might require an adjustment. I mean, really, that's the that's the that's the takeaway. You didn't do anything. You you did everything just fine, but now you've got to adapt because of circumstances outside of your control. So, is there a financial planning adjustment that you need to make to account for these low interest rates? Is there an investment adjustment you need to make? A couple other investment adjustments. Um, we we mentioned real estate, and listen, rental income or rental real estate is just not right for everyone. I've got my four laws of rental real estate. I believe in it as though they are laws. You shouldn't you shouldn't violate them. Um, but you can still get real estate in your portfolio. And real estate index funds, real estate mutual funds, real estate ETFs, um, you know, they it, it goes up the risk scale. It's riskier than bonds. But you're still going to get a 3 4% interest rate on those right now. Um, that interest rate hasn't gone down. And and the other thing that I'd mention, you guys remember Kiva? Yeah. Not not the thing that you put in your coffee it's to like supplement. It's like micro-loans, is that micro right? Micro-lending. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this also goes up the risk scale. But if you want to lend money, do a little good, and receive a little more interest, check out some micro-lending options. And I'm not. this is not an endorsement. And, um, you know, there's the disclosures at the end of the show. No one's pushing products here or whatever. But K-I-V-A. You're lending. I mean, so basically they created this platform where you, one person can lend money as small as, I think, 25 bucks or, or $10 
to someone on the completely other side of the world. And there's a competitive interest rate. I mean, the interest rate is 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 um, appropriate for the risk. So 13% or 11%. And listen, they might not pay it back. But this website bundles all these small loans together to loan someone on the other side of the world uh, $400 so they can buy a scooter so they can drive to work as, instead of walk to work or something like that. And that person that now is working more because they're not walking four miles a day makes more money and therefore they're paying your loan back. You can actually build your own little portfolio there with an average interest rate of say 8%, 9%. Now some of it might default. You might not get it back. I mean, it's not, it's not a triple A quality lending, but that's an option for you. Check it out. KIVA.org. Yeah. I think the point though, is that there are other types of interest bearing investments beyond just traditional bonds. And your certified financial planner, their role is to help you craft the right portfolio to achieve your goals. This portfolio that you're managing and you're adding to and growing and everything over time, it is part of the funding mechanism for your retirement. But your retirement goal itself, how much you're going to spend, when you're going to retire, you know, what, what will your sources of income be? And yes, um, how much are you going to save between here and there and at what level of risk? All of that, all of those are the, the, the various levers that you can pull to um, put yourself in a position to be able to enjoy a great retirement. It's not just an investment story here. Yeah. Interest rates and in this changing environment doesn't have to drive you to pick investments that don't make sense or that you're not comfortable with. Maybe there's another solution that your certified financial planner can help you uncover. Yep. Reach out to your CFP. They can help you figure this out. Yep. And if you end up going to Kiva.org, like Mike said, think about uh, that's a very small percentage of it. That is not a retirement income solution. <laughs> so you. just, yes. I mean, I, I, I love the good that can be done via micro lending. Um, but that's not where you put your 40%. Right. <laughs> right. 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 If 60, right, right, 40 right. is dead, uh, right. as you guys were telling me, it's not where you put your 40%. Yeah. And I would think of it almost, I would think of it as micro giving, um, yeah. because that's, it, it is more of a charitable. That is one of the the potential outcomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's let's jump over to questions from fans of the show. Emily's forty from New Orleans posted: uh, Should you use a variable or a fixed mortgage rate, and should you refinance debt under the mortgage to pay less interest, so to to lower your rate? So this is going back to what you said, Kevin. Hey, how can you make these low interest rates work for you? And uh, so what do you do, variable or fixed mortgage? And then what if you've got, you know, a little high interest over here? Do you, do you refinance that into your mortgage? Well, that is, that's a great question. And again, a, a variable rate mortgage is a tool just like a, um, just like a fixed rate mortgage is a tool. So the question is, what's the right tool for your situation? And if if I look, I, I'm I'm actually looking at adjustable rate mortgages right now, that, and those rates are a little higher than the than the conforming. So if you, the only case that I I could make for using a variable rate mortgage is if somehow I I got a much better rate using a variable rate mortgage, and I knew that I was either going to be leaving that house 
or I was going to be paying off that mortgage before my rate adjusted. Because I I do not want to be. I mean, I've been um, I've been pounding the table and, and saying since 2006 that interest rates are going up, <laughs> and I've been wrong for 14 years. But if I keep saying it, eventually, I think I'll be right. Um, so you don't know you don't know that when the the variable interest rate adjusts that you're you're going to be caught and your payment's going to go up in a way that you might not be able to handle it. But I like, especially with where rates are right now, my preference, if just kind of almost as a rule of thumb, although we don't like rules of thumb, is that I would have a fixed rate. I'd say, hey, listen, fix that rate and set it and forget it, to use my Ron Popeil. (laughs) I guess, sorry, go ahead. You know, I also, I I agree with everything that you just said. And um, part of it is just, kind of observing what's been happening with real estate transactions lately. There's a lot of people out there who are, are waking up to the fact that, they, hey, their job can be done from anywhere. And uh, maybe their employer is even, you know, loosening up some policies or becoming more flexible on location, work from home policies, that kind of thing. And um, we're just seeing a lot of people who are saying, okay, well, if I don't have to live here, where do I want to live? And many people are just sort of shuffling, moving around, trying to get to maybe a more permanent home or, or sort of the dream house. Some people are using low interest rates right now to reach up and get a, a, an even nicer house than the one that they have right now. And so chances are a lot of those folks are buying a house that maybe they're going to hold for a long, long time, or they should be thinking that way. And, um, with interest rates as low as they are, there's going to be a disincentive for you. Maybe if, if interest rates do someday rise again, you might look back on the rate that you could get today and, and be like, wow, do you remember back in 2020 when rates got that low and we locked in and now look at where they're at? Maybe that happens down the road. It could be 10 years from now. I don't know. But the point is, if you could lock in at such a low rate, why not make it a permanent loan? Because a lot of people think they're only going to be in a house for three years, and before you know it, it's 13 years, and um, and maybe they have no intention of leaving now. If you've been playing the arm game, adjustable rate mortgage, I mean, you've been you've been doing fantastic. If if you've had a stable financial life and you've been able to refinance and whatever, you've uh, but but but. To imagine rates going considerably lower from here, the Fed would need to go negative rates in order to push mortgage rates down. They'd need to go negative, uh, I mean, significantly lower. Apparently, between the normal spread of Fed rate and more and and ten-year bond and mortgage rates, we should see thirty-year rates get down to about two point five. I don't know if it'll ever get there, um, but but in order for it to go much lower than this. It, the Fed's going to need to go negative rates. And the Fed just came out and said, we're going to create inflation, which basically means we don't want to go negative. We want to create inflation so that we've got more wiggle room with interest rates because we don't want to go negative. All that to say, if you're not going to lock in now, where would you lock in? Mm-hmm. If, if, yeah. if you're uncomfortable going fixed now, where would you feel comfortable? Uh, you, you might not be there. So go variable if it's a lower rate. And if you can pay the thing off within that time, but otherwise you got to go fixed. What about the other part of the question? The cash, the cash out refi. You you got uh, you got other interest, or you got other debt out there that's a little higher interest. 
You throw that on the mortgage? Well, if you do a cash out refinance, um, what the risk is is that your interest rate is going to jump maybe 25 basis points a quarter of 1%. So that, it, that would be a concern, and you'd have to look at that and say, does that make sense? But I, in the last probably six months, I've seen a number of folks do that where they were cleaning up their balance sheet and simplifying their financial life, and they were finally ready. The risk is, is that I deal with a symptom, and I'm not taking care of the problem. Yeah. So if a symptom is I... I lack self-control or whatever I'm lacking, which causes me to overbuy and overspend, the, I, can, I can get a temporary reprieve by doing a cash out refi, but I didn't, I didn't solve the problem. Yeah. I mean, you're describing a situation where maybe you have a, a small mortgage and a car loan and maybe some student loans and some credit card debt. And when you roll all that together, now you have one big loan and you just ease your cash flow, right? You just made it easier to, to meet your monthly obligations, which means you have more discretionary income. And you might say, see, look, I just put some distance between me and crisis, or I, I just made it uh, even easier for us to be able to live within our means. But the reality is, is that if if debt is a result of some habit or patterns in your life or not having the right systems for tracking and and planning your finances, then maybe all you've really done is increased your borrowing capacity. And before you know it, you've got more credit card debt again, mm-hmm. and you've got another car, another car loan and, um, and all that on top of that bigger mortgage. I mean, the question is, what role does debt play in your life? And this is one of the big financial goals that your certified financial planner should be helping you with, is having the right posture with debt and, um, and making sure that it doesn't uh, consume your financial life and your financial future. Because really, debt is you're, you're spending tomorrow's money today. And you gotta, you got to be very careful with that and not take too much risk. So work with your CFP to make sure you make the best decision there. So, all right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, myself, and all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.